Good morning, everyone. This morning, we are in Exodus 13. We just saw that finally, through the Passover plague and the Passover protection that God gave his people, Pharaoh finally relented and let the people go. And the people have now, by all their hosts, left the land of Egypt. And in chapter 13, we get some instructions that are to govern. Israel's future regarding the firstborn child and how God protected all the firstborn in Egypt. When we get, or in Israel, when we get to Exodus 14, we're going to see more the scene of the departure and even Pharaoh changing his mind. But there's some really interesting things that God has spoken here in. Exodus 13. I'm really just the the Bible is so rich and there is such great complexity in it, but also beauty once we see what God has left us. And it, it does take some study and some patience to discern and discover what God is revealing to us. And I, I think you'll see something interesting today. Well, with that, let's get started. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Sanctify to me every firstborn, the first offspring of every womb among the sons of Israel, both of man and beast, it belongs to me. So what we're going to see is that God spared Israel's firstborn in the Passover, and he took the firstborn of Pharaoh and, and the sons of of Egypt as well as their cattle. And what he's saying is that was a, an incredibly special miracle that I did in saving you by the blood of the lamb and all of your firstborn have been protected. But now what I want you to do is I want you to dedicate the firstborn of your herd, the firstborn of your sons, the firstborn of your crops and to, to dedicate them to me because of how I have, um, saved you. And and what this is going to do is it's going to give them a, a, a lasting memory, a commemoration of the protection that God gave them. So when they dedicate these things to God, they're going to be remembering the Passover. They're going to be remembering what God did. So let's keep going. Moses said to the people, remember this day. See, this is what he wants them to remember, the miracle of God. Remember this day in which you went out from Egypt, from the house of slavery, For by a powerful hand the Lord brought you out from this place, and nothing leavened shall be eaten. On this day, in the month of Abib, you are about to go forth, and it shall be when the Lord brings you to the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. This is the promised land, which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall observe this rite in this month. So, Again, why is God doing all this? He's saying, I want you to remember this Passover, and you're going to do it every year on this month. And, you know, sadly, there were times in Israel's history where they forgot to celebrate it. And, in fact, they even lost the law of of the Lord. They lost their Bible, their scrolls. And when they discovered it, and they discovered they were supposed to be celebrating a Passover annually, then they some good kings, I believe this was Josiah, and instituted a Passover uh, and began to do reforms to help people to worship God again. But unfortunately, 
it, they didn't faithfully do this throughout history. But now in Jesus's day, again, the Last Supper was Passover, and Jesus and his guys were honoring the Lord on Passover. All right, let's keep going. Um, for, verse 6, For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a feast to the Lord. So it's going to end up beginning on Passover, but then that day, but then it's going to be a seven-day feast of unleavened bread. Unleavened bread shall be eaten throughout the seven days, and nothing leavened shall be seen among you, nor shall any leaven be seen among you in all your borders. Now, in that time, you know, I mean, they, they had bread, but during this season, it's going to be unleavened flat bread that doesn't rise. And and again, it's all these are going to be symbols or help them to remember they left Israel in haste and they didn't have time to let the bread rise. You shall tell the son, see, he's wanting us to pass on this faith to our children. You shall tell your son on that day saying, it is because what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt and it shall serve as a sign to you on your hand and as a reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a powerful hand the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Therefore you shall keep this ordinance at its appointed time from year to year. And we do that now. <clears throat> I think sometimes we don't remember the actual Passover enough, and we should. Uh, and you know what? That's coming up, and may we do a better job. And we, we've done some things with Passover, but really we should be remembering not only Passover and that, but also then that Jesus offered his life on Passover. And that's why we celebrate, you know, Good Friday and then Resurrection Sunday. And even, you know, Thursday night sometimes we'll do something because that's the night that Jesus got together with his guys in the upper room. And and that's that evening overnight is when, you know, they put the blood of the lamb over and when God passed over Israel and, and took the Egypt. So, it's a you know it's a good thing to commemorate that <clears throat> now verse 11 now when the lord brings you to the land of the canaanite as he swore to you and to your fathers and gives it to you you shall devote to the lord the first offspring of every room now here is the dedication of the firstborn and the first offspring of every beast that you own the males belong to the lord but every first offspring of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. But if you do not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And every firstborn among the sons you shall redeem. So how this would work is you, you know, as it developed in time, you would offer your firstborn to the Lord. Now, when later, and I, I want to share this, well, let, let's go there real quickly. I've talked about this recently in our teaching and, and even at our church, that at the beginning, God desired that we would be a kingdom of priests. And you can read about that in this chap in this book, Exodus. We'll be there not too long. Uh, listen to this in verse 4. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. This is chapter 19, verse 4 of Exodus. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, <clears throat> then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So God's original design was that all of Israel would be a kingdom of priests. And 
Later, you might recall that, and we'll see this as we go through the Bible journey, that one day when Moses went up on a mountain and was gone for a while, the Israelites, uh, through the leadership of Aaron, um, began worshiping a golden calf. And God was very displeased about this. And Moses came back down and they were burning hot with anger. And, you know, Aaron's like, oh, we put this thing in the fire and out came a golden calf. I mean, he like lied about it and it was just really bad. And the Lord said, who is on my side? Who's going to stick with me and be on my side? And the tribe of Levi came to be on God's side. And at that point, he made them the priests of his kingdom. Instead of all of Israel being kingdom of priests, he made the Levites priests. So uh, that's kind of how that happened. And that's going to figure into our discussion today. But in, in going back to Exodus 13 now, it's not that you would, on a firstborn, say, child, that like God's going to take the child or somehow you're not going to have the child. But you would, what you would do is you would make an offering to the Lord. Uh, whether it be a monetary offering, it, it we'll see here a little bit of description of those offerings, but it was a way to dedicate your offspring to the Lord and say, hey, this firstborn child, really it's yours. God said it's mine because I'm the one who spared all your firstborn. But now you'd make an offering to the Lord, a price that you would pay to redeem, uh, a price that you would pay in order that you would keep your child and continue to raise your child, but you would always know that you dedicated it to the Lord. And this was also this part of going before God and making an offering on behalf of your child to dedicate them to the Lord was also a way of remembering the Passover and that God protected all of the firstborn. So he put all these things in place to help us remember how God has delivered us. And also he wanted us to know how valuable our children are and to dedicate them to the Lord. So let's keep going. Uh, verse 14, and it shall be when your son asks you in the time to come saying, what is this? Then you shall say to him with a powerful hand, the Lord has brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. And it came about when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord the males. Now, he's not saying he, you, you kill your males. Like uh, Now, eventually, they would bring um, of their herds their firstborn and give them to the Levites later uh, to provide for the Levites and also to honor the Lord. But here he would... You would bring your firstborn, you'd dedicate to the Lord, and then you'd make a sacrifice to redeem them because God is saying, hey, they're really mine. But through a redemption, a price of redemption, you're going to continue to raise them, but I still want you to dedicate them to me. All right, let's keep going. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord the males, the first offspring of every womb, but every firstborn of my sons I redeem. So it shall serve as a sign on your hand as phylacteries on your forehead, for with a powerful hand the Lord God brought us out of Egypt. Let's keep going. Now, when the Lord had let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. So for for the path to where God's people were going, they could have took a quicker path, but God purposely diverted them away from the Philistines for God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Like what if what if they have extreme hardship right when they get out of Egypt? They might want to go back 
So he's like, I'm going to take them a longer way, but we're going to avoid conflict along the way because I want these people to stick with me. Hence, God led the people around the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in a martial array from the land of Egypt. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely take care of you, and you shall carry my bones from here with you. We heard about that way back in Genesis. Then they set out from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. Now listen to this. This is just glory. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way. Now listen, a pillar of cloud by day. Well, in that area, it's arid. It's a desert. It's hot. And they would be just basking in the sun. And so God brought out a pillar of a cloud by day to give them shade and lead them on the way. And then a pillar of fire by night so that they could see that they might travel by day and by night. What an amazing thing that is that God did that. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. I'm really sorry. I missed my pause button in clearing my throat there for the first time. Well, I'm not saying that's the first time that's happened, but I missed it. I missed the button. So anyways, Grace, please. Uh, Okay, so we finished the chapter, but I want to take you to uh, Numbers. And we could look at a a lot of different places in Numbers because it talks about this quite a bit. But in Numbers chapter 8, I I want to uh, read something to you. So this is now after Exodus 19 when they were first made a kingdom of priests and then after the golden calf incident which happens later in exodus and the levites are now becoming god's priests so listen to uh, exodus 8 verse 5 again the lord spoke to moses saying take the levites from among the sons of israel and cleanse them thus you shall do to them for their cleansing sprinkle purifying water on them and let them use a razor over the whole body and wash their clothes and they will be clean. Then take them a bull with its grain offering, fine flour mixed with oil, and a second bull you shall take for a sin offering. So you shall present the Levites before the tent of meeting. You shall also assemble the whole congregation of the sons of Israel and present the Levites before the Lord, and the sons of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. Aaron then shall present the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering from the sons of Israel that they may qualify to perform the service of the Lord. So this is all instructions about dedicating now that tribe, that Israel, uh, Levites, to be the priests. Now the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the bull, then offer the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering to the Lord to make atonement for the Levites. You shall have the Levites stand before Aaron and before his son, so to present them as a wave offering to the Lord. So the dedication of the Levites. I may have started a little bit earlier than I wanted to in this passage, but... Verse 14, thus you shall separate the Levites from the sons of Israel and the Levites shall be mine. Then after the Levites may go in and serve to the tent of meeting. Now remember, he said all before the firstborn were all mine. Now he's saying the Levites are mine. But you shall cleanse them and present them as wave offering for they are wholly given to me among the sons of Israel. I have taken them for myself instead of, of every first issue of the womb, the firstborn of all the sons of Israel. So instead of all the firstborn being God, so to speak, he's saying, I'm going to take the Israelite or the Levites 
as an alternative to your firstborn, but I still want you to do a sacrifice, uh, a, a redemption price for your firstborn. But uh, let's keep going. So for every firstborn among the sons of Israel, verse 17, is mine among the men and among the animals. On the day that I struck them down, all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified them for myself. But I have taken the Levites instead of every firstborn among the sons of Israel. So that's that's uh, that's just what I wanted to share with you, how the Levites, through the golden calf incident and now through what's taking place in Numbers here, the Levites are dedicated to serve God, and he, he's taking them in exchange of the firstborn. And the firstborn is a really big deal. I mean, it's always been a big deal in biblical history. And I think what's really amazing is this. Listen to this now. God had an only begotten son his firstborn, Jesus. And instead of having some kind of substitute uh, redemption price for his firstborn, what God did is he gave his firstborn. He, He offered his firstborn on a cross, Jesus Christ. And you know why he did that? To redeem you, the firstborn. See, now what he's done is in all this value of the firstborn, God has sent his son Jesus, to die. He offered his beloved firstborn to make you, his church, who believe in Jesus Christ, his firstborn. To to value you like a firstborn son, he gave his firstborn son to redeem us and make us part of his family. And just like the Levites were dedicated to be his priests, now the firstborn is the church and we're all a kingdom of priests. So that's that's kind of where I was going with this to help us see the complexity. There's just so much beauty that can be mined in God's word. God loves you. You are the firstborn of his family, the church. He cares about you. And he gave his son to redeem you and make you his kingdom priest. Hallelujah. Isn't that glorious? Praise the Lord. And God bless you all, and I look forward to seeing just the miracle of God in Exodus chapter 14 as we return next time.